0: Sam Farber.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We continue our player profile editions of the HHC. We'll take a brief break tomorrow, because tonight, of course, is the lottery day in the NBA. We'll find out if the uh, Hornets get the ping-pong balls to fall in their favor and end up moving up into the top four of the NBA draft, or if they stand pat, which is not a bad situation to be in anyways, because you got two top 15 picks to play with. So that's coming up tomorrow on the HHC. Today we're talking about Hornets starting center Mason Plumley, First year here in Charlotte. A lot of highs for this team. Really some strong play at that center position, and we're going to talk about it with 10-year NBA veteran and my color commentator on the Hornets Radio Network. Matt Carroll back for another edition of the HHC. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Sam, great to be here. Mason Plumley, First year, he comes over in a trade draft night last season, along with a second round pick, which ended up being JT Thor in exchange for a worse second round pick, a lower one, closer to the back of the draft, that went back the other way for Detroit. Hornets essentially got a free center, and Mason Plumley plugged right into the starting lineup and helped this team, at large portions of the season, be the number one offense in the NBA. Now, his personal numbers are not that eye-popping. He had actually a career low for points per game at 6.5 a night, but it's undeniable the offense as a whole worked very well with him out there. What was he able to do to allow that to happen?
2: Yeah, you know, Sam. when you look at Mason Plumlee, his numbers don't jump off the page. They don't grab your attention. But he does so many things that help an offense run efficiently. He's a veteran. He has a great basketball IQ. Been around the game for a long time. Playing at Duke with good players his entire life. And just has a great feel. And I think what I like watching about him is that he's extremely unselfish. He's always looking to be a playmaker. Doesn't quite get the recognition of a playmaker. But when the ball's in his hands, he can put it down. He can make passes. He can drive and kick. You know, he can do a lot as a playmaker to set up his teammates. So I think he fits kind of the new-age NBA. Now, he's not a long-range shooter. He's not going to shoot threes. He's not going to shoot many jump shots at all. But he is a high finisher at the rim great passer when he has the ball in his hands as a playmaker. So I just think he brought a lot to the table to help the offense be as good as it was this season.
1: I would agree. And I think he was the victim of two things, really, in terms of some perceptions. Number one was He basically averaged a double-double the year before he came to Charlotte, and that was on a team in Detroit that was one of the worst in the NBA. They didn't have a lot of offensive options. Not saying that they targeted every play for Mason Plumlee, but there were just a lot more stats to be accumulated on that team, more rebounds to be had, more points to be scored, and so he had a career year. I don't think those expectations of mirroring that, having a a double-double average, were held inside the building here for Charlotte. They wanted him to be a piece of the machine. But he was hardly going to be the focal point of the offense in terms of, you know, this is the guy we want taking 15 shots a game. He had a career low, quite frankly, in attempts game over the course of the 21-22 season the other thing that hurt him badly the free throw percentage he started the year terribly there's no getting around it career low 39 percent from the free throw line and while in most entertaining fashion he started to head that northward come the end of the season it, it definitely got a lot of attention and I think that altered the perception of a season that overwhelmingly it was pretty good. He got the Hornets as part of that starting lineup to a winning record for the first time since 2016.
2: He did, and I think you look at the situation here in Charlotte different than the season before, right? I mean, different team, different makeup, but I think Mason, he accepted his role, and what I like about him as a player in the NBA who accepts their role, you know, every time down the court, he's not running back down on defense with his head down if he didn't get a touch or he didn't get the ball in the post, and he knew his role, and he was fine with that, so when the ball came his way, he looked to make make a play. He was the finisher at the rim. Let me roll and try to get a a little bounce pass in a lane to go up and finish. So I think the fact that he accepted his role, he was able to do it even better because he wasn't trying to do too much. It was a really high-powered offense with the Hornets, so he wasn't looking to be the focal point. But when the ball came to him, he could finish and he could make plays. Now, the one thing that was tricky was the free throws, as you mentioned, Sam. And that's a tough deal. You know, I don't think I've ever seen somebody switch mid-season that I've been around from shooting right-handed to shooting left-handed permanently after the injury had healed. So... I was shocked to see it. I think that would be difficult on anybody, although I, I give him credit to have the, the confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to do this because it's an injury situation, and then to kind of stick with it. And seeing the time and effort and practice he put in before and after and during practice shooting free throws with his left hand, he was committed to it. So this was no like, hey, let me just try this out. It tried out in the beginning, and he said, hey, I think I can do this, and this could be better. And I'll be honest, when I watched him shoot left-handed, I thought it was cleaner. I thought it looked good. And I think this is something he might stick with.
1: It sounds like he will. His best free throw shooting month was December. He shot 61% from the charity stripe that month in seven games. Then late in the season, after he'd made the change, his next two best free throw shooting months percentage-wise, March and April. So after the change had been made, it it really is remarkable. And it's one of the things we're going to talk about with Mason Plumlee coming up next. He'll sit down with me after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
1: Now let's welcome Mason Plumley back here to the Hornets Hivecast. Mason, thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Mason, how would you describe in your own words the Hornets 2021-2022 season?
3: I would say growth. You know, obviously it was my first season here and I'm new to it, but coach showed us kind of where the team's come from the last couple years. And, you know, relative to the rest of the East, it it wasn't where we wanted to be, but just in terms of more wins, it, it was a step in the right direction. So that's how I would describe the season
1: you have been a part of some several teams that had young nucleuses that were trying to get going in the right direction and saw a couple of them get closer to where they wanted to be how do you feel the Hornets are right now on that trajectory having picked up 43 wins this last season
3: I think we're going the right way you know I think that there was especially post all-star I thought there was a lot of positive signs of where this team was going I'm excited for the next step
1: For you personally, there were so many games where you were doing all the little things, but then you also had these flashes where you show off all the the skill and athleticism that really can make you special out there on the floor, whether leading the fast break or one of the more fascinating chapters of the year, starting to shoot free throws left-handed. Talk about that part of the game, because I know it it thrilled Eric Collins to no end, but making that change, how did it come about? How did it feel when you were working through it?
3: It was just in the moment. I I had a pretty significant index finger injury on my right hand and, and I had to tape it up a certain way and you know the day before the New Orleans game I just started shooting left-handed and just went with it you know it feels good it feels natural and I'm excited to to stick with it going forward
1: it kind of is amazing that it would feel natural because I, I can't I can't imagine holding a microphone with the opposite hand I mean like let alone playing in an NBA game how did the thought process come about and, and maybe what were some of the steps to making that possible for you
3: yeah, honestly, I you know I just didn't think about it. I just it was just um, the response to a to another injury <laughs> or another issue it was just the right move at the time. So um, you know it feels good, and um, like I said, just stick with it.
1: Mason Plumley, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Mason, what is the one signature play in your mind of this last season?
3: Signature play? who you know to me it'd be some something on the break, something where Lamelo's throwing a lob to to Mb probably. I thought those guys were were really spectacular this season. And, you know, there will be a lot more highlights to come.
1: In terms of games that will stick in your mind from this year, either as that's a positive, that's something we want to replicate just more often next year, or...
3: I would say the Chicago game. You know, I thought not just because we shot well, but, but the kind of shots that we were getting, the movement on offense. And then defensively, you know, we were probably as good as we've been. So to me, that was... That was us at our best. Was us playing at Chicago, and that's something that you know that the, the playing game is going to hurt to think about to to go back and watch. But to me, if if we can be who we were at Chicago, that's that's a hell of a team.
1: That playing game last year, a lot of the guys who returned for this year talked about how that was the motivation throughout the summer. Do you think it'll be a similar circumstance this year, and maybe a similar ten win jump next year?
3: Yeah, I, I do believe for that, but it's going to take a good off season. Guys really committing to. What we're building, and um, coming back better individually, and then getting on the same page earlier in the season about what we want to do collectively, I think could could really send us in the right direction.
1: Well, Mason, we appreciate your time today and all throughout the season. Hope the right hand gets better. I think the only thing to blow Eric Collins' mind even more if you made one free throw with your right hand, then another one with your left (laughs) in the same trip.
3: (laughs) That's funny maybe we'll give him what he wants
1: (laughs) mason thanks again all
3: right thanks hornets fans
0: it's time to get some new gear the best selection of new and classic hornets apparel is at the hornets fan shop now with new extended hours stop by spectrum center wednesday through saturday from 11 a.m to 5 p.m to pick up the latest in jerseys jordans and more or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop.
1: Our thanks again to Mason Plumley for joining us today here on the HHC. And we welcome back 10-year NBA veteran Matt Carroll here to the Hornets Hivecast. Matt that that free-throw shooting conversation. It's just amazing. He talks about how, it, how natural it seemed to feel, which is mind-boggling to me. This is the equivalent of saying, I sprained my ankle, so now I'm going to do a, a race walking on my hands. I can't contemplate switching hands. You're either right-handed or you're left-handed. Some people are ambidextrous. You know, there's baseball players or their switch hitters, but they do that all the time. Mason Plumley wasn't randomly practicing shooting with his offhand this entire time.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. I don't know if it's quite that extreme, but, you know, in, in baseball, you know, you have switch hitters, guys that hit left-handed, right-handed, or maybe a player did it when they were younger and said, hey, you know what, I did this when I was younger, so I'm going to move to the left side of the plate. But basketball, it just doesn't happen. This is extremely rare. You see a player maybe add it to his game where, hey, I'm a good finisher at the rim with my right hand. I'm really going to focus on making left-handed floaters and layups, and you can see that. But the jump shot, you either shoot right or your lefty, and then you shoot that from the free throw line, too. So this is something that extremely rare. You don't see often. I don't know when we're going to see it again, but he believes it. And I think, unfortunately for him, you know, his percentage was probably low enough where he thought, you know what, I have nothing to lose. So maybe it took a little bit of pressure off of the percentage because – Listen, I know how much he cares. I saw the work he put in, even with his right hand, and I just believe it was something almost just in his head, right? And when you get it in your head, it's hard. The pressure, the anxiety in the game is real. Most players shoot better when they're in practice and you're just focused on shooting and your skill and your craft and you don't have all the fans and the thoughts and this and that. So the fact that he was willing to say, hey, I'm going to give it a try, and he felt pretty good and confident about it and decided to stick with it. So I give him credit for – having the courage to to stick with going left-handed now.
1: Agreed. And I don't know how much it really cost him because obviously he he missed a lot of free throws early in the season so it did cost him something in terms of his personal scoring average and whatnot but that's not, it's not as if he was you know, a member of the Curry family at the free throw line to begin with. He has always been somewhere around a 60% free throw shooter. It's just the the stark contrast. The year before with Detroit he had a a career season. He shot 66% from the free throw line This year it comes down to 39%. In terms of the future, presuming that he has a similar role, similar minutes played, similar shots, which as I mentioned earlier, he had the lowest field goal attempt average per game of his career since his rookie season way back in 2013-14 with Brooklyn. So I don't know that the plan in the Hornets' offense, and there are some unknowns to this because we don't know who the head coach is going to be, but I would be a little surprised if we saw a huge jump up in Mason Plumlee's shot attempts, but I just think with his efficiency that he has around the basket, getting the feeds from a point guard, like Lamello ball, and then any improvement at the free throw line, which we, we have to expect will be there, he'll probably average maybe a point more per game and maybe a rebound more, as well as this roster continues to grow and fill out.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't think you're going to see a huge jump either way in field goal attempts or scoring or maybe just in numbers in general. I do expect his free throw percentage to go up after more practice this offseason. But I do think that maybe efficiency, you know, maybe you'll have games where chemistry is built over time. And I think as the Hornets guards get more comfortable with the style of play that Mason is and they see him on the rolls and, you know, it depends with the new system. What's going to happen with the new coach that comes in here? It's hard to really say how it will play out. But I don't see, unless there's a huge increase in minutes or a drop in minutes, those numbers, those stats changing a ton next season.
1: There's one other aspect I wanted to ask you about Mason, and that's with regards to his role moving forward, given how the roster may change. We don't do this with most players, but given the fact that, as we, we mentioned earlier, the Hornets have two top 15 picks, we'll see at the end of tonight with the lottery if one of them moves up. There are a lot of bigs available in the top 15 that have very high draft grades, so so there's a chance the Hornets could get one. Or Kai Jones has now had a year primarily in the G League. He is an electric athletic talent. He could contribute at the center position moving forward. And with all the assets that Mitch Kupchak in the front office have at their disposal, they could package them together and try and acquire a more established big. There are, there are a lot of options here for Charlotte. In that context, as you look at Mason, what do you think his role would best be for this organization and for him personally moving forward? Because when I look at his splits, I see his best month or the team's best month being with him as the starting center And having a little bit more size there. When Gordon Hayward went down with injury, kind of a a silver lining, if you can call it that, is that it put P.J. Washington into the starting lineup, which naturally gave the team more size. That was also the same time Montrezl Harrell showed up, so there was more depth in general for the bigs. And that seemed to allow Mason to have a little bit more freedom that he didn't have to worry as much about fouling out of a game or or missing time because there were more options there for the team to roll with. So long way of asking the question, there are a lot of options for the front office to go in terms of bolstering the front line here in that center-slash-power-forward positioning, how do you think Mason Plumley will be best aided in some of these decisions coming down the road?
2: Yes, you know, that's a good question, but I think a challenging question just because I think there's two important factors. Number one, what pieces are the Hornets going to add to the roster, especially around his position, you know, as far as bigs. You talk about potential draft picks in the lottery. There's some bigs that are coming in this year's draft do the hornets pick one of them and will that player be ready to play right away you know naturally you're not going to come in as a big and be a starter in the nba so i could see mason still in that starting position now do you get another big time free agent that's a big that you signed to a big contract that maybe you're thinking well we make a big commitment, then we can see Mason Plumlee coming off the bench, being our backup center. And the second factor, I think, is just kind of style of play. What is our style of play? What's going to be our team identity? What's going to be our focus? Are we going to be more offense-oriented and want to play small ball? Or are we going to be big and we want to play more focused on the defensive end? And those answers, we don't know yet. So I think until we figure out some of those things, his situation will be determined, I think, or have a better feel for it as the summer progresses.
1: And he's such a versatile player, and he plays with such energy out there. I think he'll fit whatever role the team desires for him, if that is continuing. And the one he had last year as the starting center with maybe a little bit more help from day one, in backups and just depth in general at the four and five positions. We could see him do the same thing he did all of March, which has helped this team have an overwhelmingly positive plus minus when he was on the floor. Or if it's as you mentioned certain things happen and he gets slid back to the number 2 role well him as a backup he'd be it's like taking an ace on one uh, pitching staff and a lot of baseball analogies today but taking an ace on one pitching staff and then you uh, you trade for him and now he's your number 2 starter well your your ace might be slightly better than him but he's better than everybody else's number 2 i don't think there's any question mason plumley can hang with the starting centers of the nba but if he's coming off the bench he's going to eat up anyone who comes off the bench against him
2: well absolutely and i think you know, Mason Plumley on your roster, you have a potential starting center, but you also have a guy that can come off the bench and be very valuable as a backup center. And knowing Mason personally, you know, he's a true pro. He's the ultimate pro. He comes to work every day. He puts the extra work in. He's been around this league for a long time. He's a good person. He's a great teammate. So he checks all the boxes. So you don't worry that hey, he's the type of player that, like, if he doesn't get this or get that, he's going to fly off the deep end and he's going to mess the team. No, he is not that guy. He's a guy He's a true pro, great teammate. He gets it. He's been around long enough. So, regardless – he is going to adapt for the situation or his opportunity and do the best that he can.
1: Very true. I think a strong season he had in 21-22 for the Hornets. When he had a lot of minutes out there on the floor, Matt, he performed. If he averaged 30 minutes or more per game, happened 11 times this year, he averaged a double-double, 10-12. So, very productive player and he will be a very interesting one to watch that position in general be in the days to come, including tonight, potentially, with the draft lottery. P.J. Washington will be representing the team any any insight on what the lucky uh object should be for pj
2: oh i wish i knew it's it's probably some type of blue kentucky blue you know item would be my guess maybe some blue grass
1: i hope it works i hope it works would be a a, a great thing for the hornets to win the lottery again would be the second time in three seasons three drafts and uh, either way win or lose on lottery night tonight we will have our recap of it for you tomorrow, and then the next day, continue our player profile series here on the HHC. Matt, thanks as always for joining us here on the Hornets Ivecast. You got it, Sam. And thanks to all of you for tuning in again as well. Tonight, the draft lottery. Good luck to P.J. Washington and the Hornets. Tomorrow, we will take you through how the Hornets ended up doing in this lottery and what it might mean for their potential draft picks to come. Till next time, for everyone here, our guest today, Mason Plumley, and our guest host today, Matt Carroll. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you again next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.